I said, God is good. All the time. Hallelujah. Yes. Praise the Lord. We have um, uh, been working uh, through a series the last several weeks um, talking about grace for living. Grace for living. And we have taken uh, each week, kind of taken at it, come at it at a little bit different angle each time. And uh, talking about some of the key things about grace, trying to define grace. Amen. Remember what, what is grace again? A divine influence upon the heart, and it's reflection in the life. Praise God. Amen. If you look up the word grace, charis, that's what you're going to find in, the, in uh, your concordance. That's the definition it uses. It also will use words like gift or uh, favor. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, benefit might be a word that's in there. Uh, but the key phrase in there is a divine, word for word, a divine or a God influence Amen. Upon the heart. In other words, the word influence means to impact another, to influence another, to uh, means to uh, affect the life of another. So what God's trying to do is impact and affect your life. Come on, somebody. A divine influence upon the heart. In other words, the seat of control, the heart, the core, the center, that word means. Uh, the uh, Greek word, cardio, where we get our word cardio, okay? The Hebrew word is leb, Okay. And, uh, but it means the, the center, the seat. Literally refers to the seat of control or the will of man. Come on, somebody. A lot of times people say, well, isn't that talking about your spirit? No, because uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly come out of the heart. And ugly don't come out of your spirit. Come on, somebody. But the heart is the inner working with your spirit, your soul, and your body. Amen. And it's all based on what you feed into the heart. Come on, that will determine whether you're gonna, your will is going to lean towards spirit, lean towards soul, or lean toward flesh. Are you still with me? Amen. So divine. What is grace again? A divine influence upon the heart. That's what God's looking. That's where it's God's trying to affect. Because if He can affect your heart, amen, then it's reflected in your life. Out of the abundance of the heart, a mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the Word says, the issues of life come. Out of the abundance of the heart, according to Jesus, in, in, um, in uh, uh, Luke 7, he says, the good, bad, and ugly, it all comes out. All this stuff that you, you don't even want to come out can come out. Come on, somebody. And then you got, re, you got a whole life coming out of just what you feed into this thing because it's based on your will, your heart, on where you're going to go in life. So the idea is, according to what we're talking about through uh, the message, or uh, in fact, go to the, uh, put uh, Acts 20 on the board, verse 32, our key, one of our key verses. The idea is to get, amen, a divine influence. Now, the only way you're going to get divine influence is by getting Mr. Divine involved. Come on, somebody. Scriptures are clear. You can, steer, you can uh, be driven off of grace. The Word is clear. You need to continue in grace. The Word is clear. You need to receive grace. The Word is clear. Uh, you can come short of the grace of God. The Word is clear. Hello, somebody. We've established that. So I don't want to come up short. I don't want to be driven off course. I want to continue. I want to remain. Amen. I want to receive. Come on, somebody. Why? Because I want my heart affected in a way that it's reflected in my life. Praise God that I can get to where I got to get to and fulfill what I have to fulfill. Can I hear a big amen? Come on. Give him praise. Come on. All right. So let's look at a couple of our key verses. Here it is. Verse 32 of Acts 20 says, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace. Everybody say the word of His grace. In other words, the message of His, of His grace, praise God. In fact, Paul had a revelation of God's grace. Amen. In fact, earlier he calls it the gospel of grace. Amen. So the word of His grace, what, what, why, do I want, why, why do I want that message? Why do I want to hear about grace? Well, because grace is what builds you up and grace is what gives you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. In other words, all those, amen, that have laid their life down for God, move forward in God, all that they've received, the word is clear, you also can walk in that, praise God. Amen. How? Through grace, praise God. So a divine influence upon the heart will build me up. Amen. That means literally talks about something being built upon another thing, upon another thing. Talks about growth, talks about increase. Amen. So the more I'm leaning on grace, the more I'm letting Mr. Divine himself influence my heart, the more I'm being built up in who I'm called to be. Can I hear a big amen? amen. 
And it says an inheritance. Amen. The word uh, possession or allotment. It actually means, and a lot of times we know the phrase, your lot in life. That word inheritance there is referring to that. There's a lot in life or an allotment that you're called to, praise God. A future, a destiny that has your name on it. Can I hear a big amen? A lot of people never walk in it. Got awful quiet in this Holy Ghost house. A lot of people never walk in it. A lot of people never even come close to fulfilling what they're destined for. It's all because they won't take any time and connect with the one that has all the answers. Come on, somebody. Without a divine influence, you may walk down some road you got no business walking down. You may end up coming up short of what you're called to, what you're destined for. Amen. And the word is clear. You could come up short. I don't want to. I don't want you to come up short. I don't want to come up short. I don't want my family to come up short. Come on, somebody. So I know that there's one key answer. It's not the only one, but it is one key answer, and that is this. I want to be drawn on the grace of God. Amen. So put, uh, put uh, Romans uh, 5 and 17 on the board. Amen. Just our key verses. Amen. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one. Talking about what Adam did affected all mankind. But also, how I many you know what Jesus did even more so affected mankind? Right? Much more. Those who receive. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got to be a receiver. Oh, let's get real with it. Everybody say, you got to be a receiver. Those who receive, that word receive, lamano is the Greek word. And it means, uh, it means to receive what's been offered, to seize it, to grab hold of it. Amen. To seize what's been offered. All right? So receive, what do you receive? Well, abundance of grace. There's no limit to grace. There's an abundance of grace. It's all available. All he's asking is just come up to the house. Come over to the house and, hey, man, spend some time with me. Let me give you that grace. Let me empower you. Let me show you. Let me give you answers. Let me, hallelujah, somehow or another, amen, affect your heart to the point that it's reflected in your life. Amen. Receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Earlier it calls it the free gift of righteousness. Amen. Hallelujah. Rightness, right standing. Somebody might say, I have no business going to God because I'm dirty. Well, if you're dirty, you need to be close to God. Come on, somebody. If you've made a mistake, run to God, not from Him. And what he's saying is, if you will receive the free gift of righteousness, He's already made a way for you. Nothing. You have no more hindrance. You have no more excuses. There is nothing that's in your past whatsoever that would keep you from the presence of God. Nothing. Jesus paid a price. Amen. And what Jesus has done has overridden anything that Adam, the devil, or any other person has done, or what you've done. Are you still with me? I said that's good news. That's why it's called gospel. That's why it's called gospel. It's called good news. Am I in the right house? It's called good news. Now, those who receive it, amen, what will happen? It says you're going to reign in life. You're going to overcome. You're going to conquer. Amen. Literally means uh, to, to rule as royalty. Amen. Some of your translations will even bring that out. Amen. To reign as kings in life. And according, uh, according to the new covenant, amen, we're called to be kings and priests under that new covenant. Amen. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy people, right? Come on, a peculiar people, praise God. Hallelujah. One's called of God, called, amen, into the family, praise God. Hallelujah. I think that's good news. So if you will receive grace and you will receive that righteous, hallelujah, that righteousness that he's offered, guess what? You're going to reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Nothing should ever hold you back. And the scriptures are clear, amen. That if you want grace, you move toward the throne of grace and you find grace then. Amen. So what we have been doing through this whole series is stirring you to move toward God. Amen. Keep moving toward God. Stay in tune. 
Listen for the voice of God. Listen uh, for the witness of God. Be one to follow God. Amen. As He leads, praise God. And you'll be amazed at how much power you can walk in. Amen. How much joy you can walk in. How much peace you can walk in. Hallelujah. And there's nothing wrong with being at the right place at the right time. Let's try that again. I like being at the right place at the right time. And if you keep leaning on grace, guess what? You can be in the right place at the right time all the time. Amen. So, uh, with that said, we're going to shift gears here a little bit. Um, Last week we ended uh, with talking about the difference between being under the law and being under grace. And uh, we, uh, you know, spent a little, quite a bit of time kind of uh, looking at that. We kind of, you know, showing you the difference between law and grace. And the bottom line, the law just, it, it comes down to this, doing everything in your power, doing everything under your own strength, okay, trying to do everything and, and fulfill the list of do's and don'ts by your own power. And you're not called to do that. That law was given for a purpose, amen, but you're called to flow and to work under grace, not under law. Come on, somebody. That doesn't excuse it. That doesn't reject it. That doesn't do away with it. It just means that that isn't how you live. You don't live under law. You don't live by your own power, your own strength. You live by His power and His strength. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. We talked about ditches, you know, uh, spent a little time doing that. But, you know, in, under law, it's like being on that road of the law you have a ditch, there's a couple ditches, and you end up with uh, legalism or lawlessness, and neither one of them are good. Are you still with me? It's just the facts. You know, you pretty soon you give up, and, say, and so you just go under a lawless. You just said, who cares, and whatever, I'll do whatever, and I can't do it anyway, and you end up living that way. Or you go under legalism, and because it's all based on your power and your ability, you have a tendency then, not just about legalism about yourself, we start shoving legalism down everybody else's throat. It's not a place you want to be at. We start making people hold up some standard, and most of the time you can't even live up to that standard yourself. Come on, somebody. Come on. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the negative, but it's just the facts. So nobody wants to go down the law. We'd rather be going down grace. And grace also, when you get off, make a mistake or doing something, when you're on the road of grace, on one side you got forgiveness, you got mercy, you got the blood of Jesus, amen. On the other side, it's transformation. If you just keep moving forward, whether you come all a little off this way or a little, if you just keep moving forward, God has a way. It's like those bumpers on, on uh, bowling. You wouldn't know. I thought that's what you only used. <laughs> Amen. You know what I'm talking about? Those little... Anybody ever bowl? Yes. I don't know. I just got a picture of that. I'm sorry. When I was talking there. Amen. That's the thing about grace. You know, you, you, you know it's like you're going down that lane and, and you just, okay, so you, you might not do everything perfect, but you're trying to move forward in God. Guess what? Praise God. You got there's the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of God concerning whatever it is. And on the other side, if you just keep going, praise God, there's transformation that happens. Praise God. Now, that's where I left off last week. So with that said, we're going to John, the Gospel of John, please. Verse 1, or verse chapter 1, I mean. And we'll go to verse 14, John 1, verse 14, please. Are you doing good? Yeah. Okay. Now, are you, are you, you going to receive today? Yeah. All right. John 1, verse 14, in context, talking about Jesus. Okay. Hallelujah. So here we go. Verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. Talking about Jesus. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. All right, full of grace. Everybody say full. Full Full of grace and truth. John bore witness of Him and cried out, saying, This was He of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Praise God. Okay, that was John's statement. And uh, of his, probably of his fullness, talking about Jesus, of his fullness we have all received. 
Well, I don't feel like I've received everything. No, it's all there. It's all offered. It's all for the taken. Everything he has to offer is all for the taken. For every person who will, who will dare believe him, who will dare trust him, who will dare lean on him, who would even dare take hold of what he offers. Those who receive, come on, uh, the fullness we have all received, and here it is, grace for grace. The Amplified says it this way, grace on top of grace. Talking about a progressive thing. There's more, there's an abundance of grace. Whatever you need concerning whatever it is you're moving towards, anything you're growing in, you're developing in, you're changing in, you're transforming in, you have to understand there's a grace for every bit of it. Are you still with me? All right. He never leaves you hanging. That's why it says He came full of grace and truth. It isn't just about truth. Because if it's all about just truth, it ain't going to be long. You're going to get all legalistic about it. Because what he says is there's a way to live and a way to function and a way to do this and a way to do that. The truth of God, amen, is coming forth, praise God. But there's also grace that comes along with it where he can empower you, amen, walk you through this thing, show you how to do it right, amen, so you're not you know, crashing in some ditch. Are you still with me? All right. Verse 17, please. Well, let's read verse 16 again. And of His fullness we have all received, and grace for grace, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Amen. Everybody say, grace and truth. Hallelujah. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Amen. There's, there's a process, amen, uh, that happens in our life as we move forward in God. How many know you're all called to move forward in God? I said, how many know you're all called to move forward in God? Uh, you know, this uh, verse here in verse 16, actually, when it says grace for grace, it talks about a progression, uh, 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 you know, a process, amen, that happens in our life, amen. If you just let God be a part of it, it works. Are you still with me? Uh, the Word talks about, in 2 Corinthians, talks about, um, you know, uh, being, uh, uh, going from glory unto glory. The Scripture talks about in Romans 1, about from faith to faith. Amen. Psalms 84 talks about from strength to strength. Amen. There's this process, this progression that should be happening in our life all the time. Amen. Now, let me throw a statement out here. We'll kind of get into this. Um, uh, when you got born again, when you got saved, when you accepted Jesus as Lord, God accepted you right where you were. Isn't that wonderful? And some of you were, phew, mercy, were horrible. Some of you were stinkers. Some of you were more of a stinker than you thought you were. But every one of you needed Jesus. And every one of you were accepted as you were. But nowhere in this book, nowhere in there, does He leave you where you are. This message, this message of grace is a message of accountability. We're all called to move forward. We're all called to change. We're all called to transform. We're all called to grow. We're all called to go higher. We're all called to move forward. Are you still with me? All right. So there's a grace, amen, to move you forward. So with that said, let's talk a little bit about uh, a process of change because I'm actually calling this one today grace for change. Amen. And so let's, let's look at this. Let's go to, uh, what's the first one I got? Is it 2 Corinthians 5? Is that what it is? Uh, verse 17, how many know when you got born again, it started with change, didn't it? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. He accepted you as you were, but right away he says, well, we're not going to leave you that way. In fact, we're going to make sure all the junk behind you just goes by the wayside. We're not even going to look at that anymore. You're a new creation, a new species of being, that word means. Amen. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. Praise God. Now, even uh, the Scriptures make it clear that you are saved by grace through faith. You can't ever forget about the through faith. Because some of you heard, 
Amen. Somehow or another, you knew to go to Christ. Somehow or another, you knew to receive him. Somehow or another, you knew you needed him. Somehow or another, you heard something. Faith comes by hearing and hearing, amen, by the word of God. So somewhere along the life, you heard something. You made movement toward God and praise God. There was a new birth and it manifested itself, amen, through grace. An empowerment. God influenced you in a right way where all of a sudden, praise God, instantaneous, when you got saved, you became a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. But now, that's how it started. But it doesn't stop there. Amen. I said it doesn't stop there. Let's go to the next reference, if we could. I believe it's Philippians 3. Common text here. We're going to use a few of these and then move on. Okay, Philippians 3 and 12. Paul talking. He says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected. And we're talking about the man that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And he himself is saying, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't got everything down yet. I'm still in process. I'm still growing. I'm still developing, praise God. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but what do I do? What do I do? I press on. Why? That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I press on. See, there's a a thing about change here. If you're going to move forward, amen, you're going to have to expect there's going to be some change. But you have to be accountable to move forward. And again, He is not asking you to move forward without empowering you, amen, with grace to do it. You have a race to run. Nobody gets excluded. You can say, I'm not going to do it. Sorry, we're all called to. Well, I'm just not going to do it. Well, then you'll answer for that. But you ain't going to be able to get there and say, well, you know, I would have, but. It ain't going to fly. Come on, somebody. We're all still supposed to, you know, move forward. We're all still supposed to grow. Come on, somebody. And so we have to be willing to press on. Amen. And again, not in your own power. Verse 13. Let's read that. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. In other words, I've got one thing down. I may not know all these things, but I have one thing I know, amen, that I can do. And that is forget about those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead. Did you notice there's even some accountability in this verse? You're going to see it every verse. I mean, when you start understanding, amen, we're just waiting for God to do everything. God says, no, 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 I will empower you. But you're going to have to be willing to do. So what's it saying here we have to do? How about forget about those things behind you? Well, hey, wait a minute now. Now listen, you're going to have to be willing to let go of some things. If you're going to move forward, amen, let's dump that old backpack, praise God. Get yourself a new one, praise God, to move forward in. Amen? Come on, somebody. Get rid of that mess. Let it go. Verse 14. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, amen, I am called to move forward. I am called not only to run this race, but to finish it, praise God. And if I will, praise God, there's reward on the end of it. Come on, somebody. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. So with that said, there's a grace to run this thing, praise God. Amen. But you're accountable, all right? So God wants to empower you so you can do it. Let's look at another one here, all right? Let's keep moving on this. What's the next one I got? Matthew 10. This is out of the Amplified Translation because it just words it pretty cool. Uh, Verse 39 says this, Matthew 10, 39 in the Amplified says, Whoever finds his lower life will lose the higher life. Everybody's always chasing after stuff in the natural. Come on. That ain't going to get you anywhere. Are you hearing me? Do you know you can get further in God by hearing God and following God than you ever can by striving to get ahead? You're wasting your time when you're just striving to get ahead because it's all about your power and your strength. God says, why don't you just let me lead you and help you? And as you seek me, all that other stuff will come to you. Praise God. Amen. Come on. So whoever finds the lower life ends up losing the higher life. But I don't want to do that. I want the other way. So whoever loses his lower life, in other words, willing to let go of all that mess, on my account will find the higher life. Again, you're accountable for this. If you want to go higher, amen, you got to be willing, amen, to press forward, let go of some of the other stuff to move forward in God. Again, 
It's change, but God is saying, I'll help you with that change. I'll help you with that process. I'll empower you as you do it. Lean on God. Amen. All right, let's look at another one. Praise God. You still with me? Or am I boring you today? No, That was pretty weak. Maybe I am boring you. Romans 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world. Well, how would that happen? Just do nothing. Just do nothing, and that'll automatically, that, that part of the verse there will just manifest. You'll start adapting and conforming to the world. You don't have, that, that part will just happen. But it says, don't be, do not be conformed to this world. So what do you do then? Well, you've got to be transformed. Metamorphosized, that word metamorphia, we'll get our word metamorphosis, okay? Be metamorphosized, be transformed. That word also means changed. By what? Well, by the renewing of your mind. And in context, talking about taking the Word of God and renew your mind to it. That's why you, you use the Word of God. That's why you, you come to the house of God and you hear great preaching. That's why you, you listen and you, you take in teaching and you read literature that's, that's going to move you toward God and move you toward, amen, the truth of God. But it isn't just truth that comes. If you lean on God, you'll also get the grace that comes with it and you can start walking in that. And even in this transformation, amen, by the renewing of your mind, why? That you can prove or you can discern what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Praise the Lord. Again, a verse of change, amen, a verse that, acquire, or pardon me, that, that, that we're accountable to do something. Come on, somebody. Again, saying it can never be done right without the grace of God. Amen. You know, you know, be amazed how much you try to transform your mind towards something. You'd be amazed if you just stopped before you open up the Word of God or before you sit down to receive the Word of God from teaching or preaching, whatever it is, or reading a book. You'd be amazed if you just stopped and said, Lord, empower me today. Show me something fresh and hallelujah, something that will uh, energize me today. Give me a revelation. What are you asking for? Empower. I want divine influence. I don't want to just speed read through something and say I read three chapters, whoopee ding dong. Huh? Anyway. Well, a lot of times you do. You know, if you don't watch, you say, well, I'll read the Bible in a, in a year. Well, good for you. I mean, that's great. That's wonderful. But did you get anything out of it? Or are you, uh, you know, come on. So this is where you get, get religious or you can get, come on legalistic, come on somebody, because you did something you know you should do, but you didn't really imp get empowered. So what happens is now we're, we, we have to understand you're going down the wrong road here. You can go down the same, I mean, you can, go, you can do the same things going down the right road, and every time you open up the Word of God, you get something fresh and new, praise God. God speaks, amen. Are you still with me? So transformation here, change. Amen? But done with the grace of God, and it works. Let's do the next one here. Praise God. I think I had some more here. John 15, verse 2, in context, talking about, you know, the, the vine and the branches. Amen? He said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. I, I don't want to be that one. Anybody else I, agree with me on that one? I don't want to be that person. But he said, every branch that bears fruit, which is what we should be doing, and in context, talking about bearing fruit, he says then he prunes. Everybody say change. change. Now this don't sound like a fun change, but it is change. And so you're bearing fruit. The idea is God's grateful you're bearing fruit, but he'd rather see you bear more fruit. He'd rather see, he'd rather work with you and so you can come into your inheritance. You can be built up and Receiving your inheritance, your allotment, your lot in life. Amen. So in order to be able to, to function at that high level, means that there's going to be some change. Amen. Because I don't want to just be here. I want to be up here. Come on, somebody. And so if there's going to be change, amen, so be it. But he's never going to leave you alone. I mean, as far as, you know, he, he ain't going to let you do that by yourself unless you want to. But I'm telling you, that's, that's going to be a lot of work, and it's going to be a lot of stress. Amen. And you're called to the stress-free living. Come on, somebody. You're called to, in, to enter into the rest of God, 
Amen. And the only way that happens is by leaning on Him. Amen. And so not only will the truth, we're talking about grace coming. Praise God. Why? To live this thing, walk this thing, run this thing like we should. Praise God. Fulfill exactly like we should as a, as a child of God. Amen. In the family of God. Can I hear a big amen? amen. All right. So he prunes. What happens? So you can bear more fruit. Again, another verse dealing with change. Amen. Okay. So with some, let me make some statements here. Uh, some things that uh, came to me through the course of this week. And because uh, 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 kind of uh, talking about, you know, grace for change. Uh, also throwing in this thing, kind of bringing out that, that this message is a message of accountability. All right? So you can't just sit on the couch and expect God just to dump something on you. Nothing wrong with sitting on the couch. Come on. But if it's just you're just going to veg out your whole life and just expect, you know, whatever happens, happens. If God wants it, God's going to make it happen. That's not how that works. Everything about change in your life, you have to be involved in it. But He wants to come in underneath right there and support you through it all, empower you so you can do this thing and do this thing right and be productive in it. Amen? Still with me? So with that said... Um, the, the whole thing about grace being uh, in itself a message of accountability, um, grace to walk this, to run this, amen, to live this, amen. So in all kinds of things, when you start looking at the Word of God, the gospel message, you see in here uh, where God's talking to you about your actions, talking to you about your attitudes, your good confession, come on, so your words, your relationships. You know, He even talks here about your use of time. All these things. Amen. Now, if you just take them as face value, amen, and you're not leaning on God, then you pull yourself under the law. That's why sometimes when we start ministering about, about attitudes or about changing your life or about growing or about development, amen, some people might look at you and go, you're bringing me under the law. No, if, you're, if you think I'm bringing you under the law, you're already under the law. Because the Word of God, just, just hooking up to what God has to say in the Word is not what puts you under the law. The only thing that puts you under the law is you doing it in your own power. Are you still with me? So it ain't about doing it in your strength. The point is, there is a way to live. I said there is a way to live. And if we hook up with Him, we can do it. To the nth degree. Still with me? All right. So, uh, all right, let me, let me bring a, another statement or two here. Um, the, the, the challenge in today's society, I'm going to throw this out. I think it's just as good a time as any. Um, in our society, uh, everybody blames everything and everyone for all their problems. Right? And sometimes that creeps into the church. Because we're, we're all people, even though we're not of the world we're still in it, and if we don't watch it, the same attitudes and thought processes and all that stuff, we bring it right back into the house of God. Come on, somebody. No condemnation. It's just the facts, okay? And so if you don't watch it, pretty soon, you know, you're doing the same thing in the house of God as you would do it out there. We blame our parents, our teachers, our leaders, our government, our economy, our company. And if you don't watch it, it ain't long, you're blaming God. Come on, somebody. And the whole time, God says, I'm right here. I'll empower you. I'll help you. I'll walk you through this. I don't want you to do this alone. I don't want you to do this thing in your own power. Amen. But you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to be willing to move forward. You've got to be willing to grow. You've got to be willing to change. You've got to be willing to reach for the higher life. You have to be willing to press forward. You have to be willing to run your race. You have to be willing to walk by faith. You have to be willing to parent right. You have to be willing to be married right. You have to be willing. Still with me? And we can't just sit all our life, point our fingers at everybody else for our problems. Now don't, come on, work with me here on, because I'll have to stop and I'm going to have to teach on it. All right. Now, here's what happens then. You come into Word of Victory, and you hear some preaching on grace. And now you have some choices to make. Not everybody chooses life. So not everybody chooses life. But you have choices to make. 
So, when you start becoming aware of accountability, because that's what the message of grace is about, you become aware of accountability. This ain't your place to get mad. It ain't your place to, uh, to blame others or point a finger or even try to get even. Well, you know, you know, he did it and she does it. Nah, that ain't going to work. Still with me? But we're called to what? Draw on the grace of God to do it. The message is clear. This series is clear. All the grace you want, you can have. You just got to go hang out with Mr. Divine so Mr. Divine can divinely influence you so you can reflect this right, walk this right, amen, without condemnation, without guilt, without shame, amen, without sorrow, come on somebody, without being overworked, without being stressed out, come on somebody, all of this and walk this right, but it's on our plate to do it. So when you start hearing about the need to be accountable for some decisions and choosing life, don't run from God, run to God. That's always the answer. I messed up. Who hasn't? I came up short. Who hasn't? I dropped the ball. Who hasn't? I didn't do everything right today. Who has? You still move forward, amen, drawing on grace, amen, and let the little bumpers in the side of the lane here keep you in check. Come on, somebody, right? Be willing to change, amen, and grow, praise God. Can I hear a big amen? amen? I just know this, that if you keep drawing on grace, everything that this book says that you can have, you can have. The results that God says you can have, guess what? You can have, amen. I just need to hang out with the one that has the answers. Amen. Are you still with me? With that said, that last, uh, probably the last text, uh, we might take a, a little bit of time with it, but let's look at the last text here, and we're going to come out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, please. Hebrews 12. And keep in mind, in context of what we've been talking about, amen, a walk to walk, we're accountable for that, Amen. But along with that is drawn on grace to do it. Amen. All right. See, grace and truth both come. Amen. Still with me? Okay. So in context. Now, I could have probably read quite a bit more of this, but I just thought I may have just kind of come in right here. Um, you know, he's talking about living this thing, walking this thing, and he makes a statement here. We actually used this in one of our services a few weeks back, um, just talking about following, hearing from heaven and following God. God, how many know God is talking to you all the time? Amen. God is trying to give you a witness every day about things. God's trying to help you with that thing, trying to help you with that relationship, trying to help you with that marriage, trying to help you with raising those kids, trying to help you with that financial situation. God's trying to show you what's the best thing to do, whether you should or shouldn't, whether you buy it or you sell it, whether you keep it or you don't. I mean, all the things that God wants to walk you through. God wants to help you with your health issue. God wants to help you with your physical things. He wants to help you, praise God, with the mental things. He wants to help you with every area of your life and any area of your life that you will let Him Guess what? He will jump in both feet and help you with this thing. Praise God. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Now, with that said, he says this, okay, talking about really in context about what, you know, with the children of Israel. He said, see that you, talking about you and me, do not refuse him, deny him, reject him, okay, avoid him, that word also means, uh, who speaks. How I many know oh, God speaks? I said, God speaks. Settle it. See, his sheep, see, his sheep, hallelujah, his sheep know his voice. His sheep hear his voice. His sheep follow his voice. So God's trying to talk. And remember, abundant life is attached to hearing and following. The blessing is attached to hearing and following. Are you with me? So... When he, stop, when he talks, when he speaks to you, don't reject it. And it said this, For if they, talking about the children of Israel, did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape 
if we turn away from Him who speaks from heaven. In other words, the reason that they limited God, the reason that, that, that they did not enter into the rest of God says that when God spoke, they wouldn't listen. He tried to help them. They wouldn't listen. He did one miracle after another, after another, after another, showing them. He's with them all the way. They wouldn't listen. Come over here. I want to talk to you. No, let Moses do it. The word said they, because of unbelief and because of disobedience, they did not enter in to the rest of God. Come on, somebody. And it all comes down to this. He's trying to talk to him, trying to commune with him. God still wants to walk with you in the cool of the day. He breathed into Adam life. He became a living being. And from there on, every day, he walked with them in the cool of the day, which means breath. Every day, he had to breathe into them. God still has to breathe into you. That's called influence. It's called empowerment. It's called strength. It's called grace. Are you still with me? The more you let God breathe in you, the better life gets. Come on, somebody. Think about all the stuff we waste time with. All the stuff that we have to redo. All the stuff that, man, if we would have just heard in the first, we wouldn't have to be believing God for some miracle right now. Come on, somebody. If we would just follow God, life gets a whole lot better. So I'm not going to refuse him like they did. But you have to understand, he makes it clear, this is new covenant. The same thing holds true to you and me. They got results because they wouldn't give heed. They rejected every time he spoke. They wouldn't, they'd avoid him. They wouldn't go to him. They ran from him. Same thing with you and me. If we ain't going to take the time to commune with him and let him breathe into us, how many things are we doing today in our own power? How many things are we becoming stressed out about? How many things are we getting wore out about? How many things are we missing? How many things are being somehow bypassing us and we're missing? How many things are like that, are happening in our life every single day because we won't take a few minutes off and on through the course of our day to acknowledge Him and let Him have an opportunity to speak into us, to give us a witness. Still with me? Okay, verse 26. Are you still there? All right, 1226, please. Whose voice then shook the earth. Talking about when they, during that time, remember on the mountain, he'd speak and the whole earth just shook. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. All right, verse 27. Now, this yet once more statement indicates the removal of all those things that are being shaken as of things that are, uh, that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. So what he's saying is this. If you will just let me speak into your life, some of that stuff will fall off. That's how it works. So he says, oh, I struggle in this area of my life. Well, move toward God. Take some time, commune with God. Fellowship with God. Well, I wouldn't even know what to say. Well, you're talking to me, ain't you? How do you? I mean, why talking to me and talking to him? Why would that be any different? Well, because you're not God. <laughs> Duh. But the point being is you have no problem conversing with me. You have no problem conversing with that friend of yours over there. You have no problem conversing with that person. You have no problem conversing over here. Why couldn't you stop for a few minutes and say, hey, God, I don't do this a lot, but I think I need to do more of it. And that is to acknowledge you and let you know, I, I appreciate you, sir. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. I'm asking and inviting you to come and lead me, direct me, guide me. And I know you're big enough that whatever you have to say to me, you can do it. And so I'm giving you my attention. I'm giving you my ears. I'm bending my ear towards you, Lord, to hear from you. Give me a witness on the inside. Show me. Speak to me. Give me a dream. Show me a vision. Whatever it is. Hallelujah. Lead me. Guide me in a way. Praise God. That I can live this thing right and fulfill what I'm called to fulfill. 
And as I begin to do that, all that stuff that can be shaken off starts falling off. Most of the people dealing with addictions, they want to make it a bigger problem than it is. I'm not trying to make it a light situation. I'm just showing you, if you move toward God, you'd be amazed at what falls off. Most people that struggle with things like that, they won't take the time to stay in God. Well, I ain't got time. Well, it didn't happen right away. It's a process. Stay in there. Let God work some things. In fact, most of the time, the thing you think is the problem isn't. And the only way to find out what is the problem is to hang out with the one that knows the problem. And you might be amazed at what's the problem. You may think, I would have never thought of that. Exactly. And all of a sudden, that one little thing, and it just, just a little tweak in your life, everything can flow now. Everything works. And sometimes that's all it is. It's just one little, little, just a little, little bitty thing in your life. And you didn't even, you thought it was some major thing that I'm going to have to strain and struggle and push. Well, you're doing it all in your strength. And you're going to be, you're going to come up short and you're going to get mad and you're going to think you failed. You're going to think God ain't there. God ain't even listening. And it's all you. The whole time, God says, enter into the rest. Let me empower you. Let me show you. Let me walk you through this. Whew. Sometimes you'd be amazed at relational problems. We think, well, it's just him. He's got issues. And he's looking, and he's going, well, she's got issues. That's it. That's what it is. You both got issues. That's the problem. What's your issue? Well, I ain't got none. Yep. You both established you both got issues. So what's your issue? <laughs> right? Where does that go? The Spirit of God say, it ain't none of that. He's not your problem. You, she's not your problem. This is what we got to deal with. And pretty soon you're going, oh. That's the way it's supposed to work. Come on. Anyway, so... The things that need to be shaken off will fall off. Praise God. Verse 28 here. Let's go to the next verse. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, in other words, everything in God, amen, stands firm, let us have grace. You mean we need grace for all this? Yes, we do. Let us have grace. Why? By which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. You mean I, I have to serve God? Yep. <laughs> See, just the message in grace doesn't mean that you get to go do whatever, never have to help, never have to serve, never have to give, never have I'm just I just live what I want. That's the way it is, because I'm under grace. That's not under grace, honey. That ain't what it means. Because in God you still serve. You still are called to be the light. You're still called to be salt. You're still called to come along others. You're still called to walk in love. You're still called to be merciful. You're still called to be, uh, you know, uh, walk with, with uh, you know, uh, an acceptance of other people. Praise God. You're still called to be a part. You're still called to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And how do you do it? With grace. He ain't asking you to do any of this in your own power. But in God, or probably in grace, you can serve God acceptably. Do it right. Amen. Do it with, with some reverence and godly fear, godly awe and respect toward God and, and toward others. Listen, when you're not doing it in God, uh, you know, people just are miserable. And not only that, people are stinkers. And to be honest, I hate everybody. Just to be flat honest, I just hate everybody. Because I just hate people. Because people just do what people do, and people are weird, and people are just... Stupid. Now, let's see. How far are you going to get in God with that? How far are you going to get? About three steps, and you bump into another person. So you might as well do this thing acceptably 
with reverence and godly fear, amen, towards Him and towards others. And the only way that can really be done and done right is in the grace of God. Believe me, or you're going to hate you and hate everybody around you before it's over with. Hate the ministry, hate God, hate everything. And you're going to think, if I just go off and be by myself, that'll fix it all. I'll be, I'll be all right then. No, you're a miserable person. And one day you wake up and you look in the mirror and you go, I am a miserable person. You do. One day, you think for a second or two, you're, oh, that's better. And then one day you actually see it for what it is and you look in that mirror and you go, I am a miserable person. I am not happy. I don't like myself. I don't like anything. Why am I here? What's my purpose? And the only way to find any of that is by grace. Next verse. For our God is a consuming fire. Now, most people read that and think, whoo, that could be bad. No, that just means He just burns up all the junk. That just means He brings change and He's there to help with it all. Amen. And He's, man, He's on your side. He burns with fervent fire, uh, with love towards you. Amen. To see you succeed. Come on, somebody. I love it when my kids succeed. I love it when things are working right for them. I mean, I love it, man. And if I can do anything to help it along, hallelujah, I'll do it. And so would you. Because why? Because you're a consuming fire when it comes time to your kids. And some of you, I know exactly. Right? Same thing. You got to understand, God is so in love with you. God wants to see things work for you. He wants the junk to be burnt up and gone. He wants the good to come forth. He wants you to succeed in life. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Hallelujah. A lot of times we read this stuff and we speed read and we miss the point. Let's go to chapter 13 now, the next verse, right? So now he's into chapter 13. How many know? No, let's go to verse 1, please. Um, how many know that um, when he wrote the letter to the, he, to the church at Hebrew, the Hebrews, uh, how many know that uh, he did not write it in chapter and verse? It's, all, it's, all, it's a letter. These are letters. So later on, due to make things easier as far as reference and that kind of stuff, they come along, they put things in chapters, and they put verses and that kind of stuff, and they try to do their best to try to, you know, you know, to, you know, to put it out right so you know, it doesn't confuse anything. Uh, but in all honesty, you have to remember, this was written as a letter. So he didn't, he didn't change subjects when he said, okay, now I'm going to start a new chapter. Ain't how it is. It's still kind of following through the same thing because there's a way to serve. There's a way to be. There's a way to live this. There's a way to run this. There's a way to walk this. Are you hearing me? So let brotherly love continue. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? What? There's four words in that verse, and it'll just about knock your block off just... Some days, you know, you read that, you, you got to be kidding me. Did you see what he did? Did you hear what she said? <sighs> Walk in love? Good night. How can anybody walk in love with that person? Well, there's only one way. Okay, let's move on. That one wasn't a big hit. Let's try verse 2. Don't forget to entertain strangers, okay? For by doing so, uh, by doing, uh, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Now, the, the emphasis isn't the angels here. Hello. The emphasis is being a blessing to people around you. Because you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know their past. I have entertained an angel, by the way. All right? I have. Working in a mill one time, doing it, and I had, uh, somebody was sent over to my department, and I was in a place uh, I needed to hear from heaven about something. And I was going along, and I had, uh, I always had my, where I was, my uh, station, I had my Bible right there and open and usually studying or meditating on some things while I'm doing my job and that kind of thing. And this person came over and, and, and just through a course of just 
conversations I had with this person. Man, I just, I was so pumped that there was somebody in here that knew God, that somebody in this place, praise God, that kind of thought like I thought. Somebody in this place, praise God, that was just as enthused about God as I was. And I thought, man, who is this guy? And man, I talked to him, and then he didn't come back after lunch. And I thought, where, where, where did he? I'm going to go find him. He said he came from over here, and I went over there, and I said, hey, where's this guy? And where's it? And nobody even, they all looked at me like, who are you talking about? Nobody had a clue. Never saw him after that. Could it be? So I'm glad I was nice to him. Verse 3. Let's go to another one. Let's try another one. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them. I mean, it pays to be more merciful. Well, they have old crooks. They belong in there anyway. They got what they got coming to them. You be cautious. The only reason you're not in there, you just didn't get caught. <laughs> so, Amen. Amen. Be merciful, praise God. Come on, somebody. How about those who are mistreated? Since you yourselves are in the, in the body also. In other words, those around you. There are people that you don't even know around, around you that have been mistreated in their life. And, men, they've come here to be encouraged. They come here to be built up. They come here, praise God, to be empowered, praise God, not to be criticized, condemned, or beat down. Amen. Are you hearing me? All right. But don't you be guilty of it either. So what we call to do, we're a blessing to people. Well, some people are just, I mean, some people, you know, see, hurt people hurt people. And so sometimes that grump is a grump because that's all they think about is the things that make them grumpy. Or they're hurt because they meditate constantly on the thing that hurt them and all that keeps coming up is the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. So as a result, they act and respond a certain way. So if you don't watch it, you go, well, that stinker. Why do I have to be nice? How come you always talk to me about being nice to these kind of people? Well, he's not asking you to do it in your own strength, is he, honey? He's asking you to do this in his power. Isn't it amazing how many stinkers Jesus came across? And he still walked in love with them? <laughs> and the things they did to him, and he still died for them? <laughs> Heck no. How do you do this? Grace. Let's try another one. I just thought maybe one of these would hit you good, you know. Oh, marriage. I don't know if I'm built up enough for this. Give me grace, Lord. <laughs> marriage is honorable among all. The bed undefiled. In other words, a marriage bed undefiled. The fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. It's not for you to judge. It's not for me to judge. It's for him to judge. But there's a way to live. Well, why do I have to commit? I mean, I don't want to get married. I, I mean, I'll, I don't want to tie a knot. I don't want to, I mean, I, uh, it might require something of me. No kidding. Well, I like my cake too. Leave me alone. There's a way to live. Well, how do I do this? With grace, man how we do it that's how you live clean that's how you can have a marriage that succeeds that's how the bedroom life can succeed hallelujah thought I'd get something out of somebody on that one but anyway <laughs> verse 5 let's get to another one let your conduct or conversation be without covetousness all right and it ain't always about what you're going to get out of stuff sometimes your life is about what you do what you give what you put into it are you hearing me? Be content with such things as you have. He didn't say you're only going to have that and you'll never have anything more. He said learn how to be content. The word's very clear. You seek Him, all the other stuff seeks you. You go after Him, all the other stuff comes after you. But when you're all just trying to chase it and get ahead yourself, it's going to be a stressful life. 
For he himself said, I love this. Look what he put in this, same thing. He himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You don't have to worry about anything. You chase me. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I'll see to it. Every need is met. I'll even fulfill the desires of your heart if you will let me. Verse 6. Is this helping anybody? Verse 6. Same statement. So, so we may boldly say, in other words, because of what he just said, we could say this. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? It doesn't matter out there. What matters is I got a God that's on my side, a God that's with me. He'd never leave me nor forsake me. I don't have to go chasing after all the things. I chase him and all these other things, they chase after me. Come on, somebody. I don't have to fear anything. I don't have to even worry about what anybody thinks or says. Come on, somebody. Verse 7. Verse 7. There we go. Remember those who... Ru- oh, you mean you got to be nice to the preacher? Well, I probably should have skipped this one, but here we are. Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, consider the outcome of their conduct, all right? In other words, you have people around you that you can look up to, come on, that you can follow as examples. I believe I could be one of those. Possibility here. Huh? And for whatever, I live clean, I live right. I have fruit that follows and shows it. Come on, somebody. I can be an example. You don't know what to do. I can say to you like Paul did. If you don't know what to do, follow me as I follow Christ. And one of these days, it comes alive, and next thing you know, praise God, you can soar yourself, praise God. Amen. But if you need help along the way, well, here we are. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. All right. Now, verse 8. Here we go. But here is the ultimate example. That's what, in context, what he's dealing with here. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Everything that could have ever remotely needed to fall off of him had fell off him. Not that anything needed to. The point being, everything about him is solid. Everything about him is secure. Everything about him is is anchored. Everything about him is kingdom. Are you hearing me? He is the perfect, ultimate example, praise God. Are you still with me? So in context of everything, he's the same. So how did he do it? How did he live it? How did he deal with that situation? And I ain't talking about putting some little rubber band thing around your wrist that says, you know, what would Jesus do? I mean, literally, in your heart, it should be, what would Jesus do? Is what I'm going to do. I'm going to live that. I'm going to talk that. I'm going to help. I'm going to serve. I'm going to be a blessing. I'm going to be the light. I'm going to be the salt. I'm going to be a difference maker. And the only way that can ever happen is by doing it the same way Jesus did, and that is drawing on the grace of God, a divine influence upon the heart to be reflected in your life, praise God, is the only way it can happen. Verse 9, last verse! Woo! For the day, anyway. Do not be carried about uh, with various and strange doctrines, all this silliness that gets said and done. For it is good that the heart, the heart, the core, the center, the will of man be established by grace. That word means to be stabilized by grace. And it goes on to say, not with foods which, uh, which have not profited those who have been occupied with. All he's talking about is, is ri- ri- uh, ritualistic uh, observances. He says it isn't by ritualistic observances. It isn't by the law. It isn't by what you ate and how you ate it. Remember, what the, remember he said, you know, they got mad because they didn't wash their hands right and all this. He said, listen, it ain't what goes in the mouth that defiles a man. It's what comes out of his mouth, dude. Ah, we're getting all worried about these ritualistic observances and these, you know, getting caught up under the law and doing everything about how it's all about, you know, you doing it all under your strength, under your power. Hey, how it works. The only way it works is to be established by grace. The only way it works, amen, 
The only way it happens, amen, is not by the law. It's not by, uh, you know, what's said or how you do. It's all by grace. And once the grace of God comes, everything then from there on is now being done in His power so you can do it right, so you can live it right, so you can run it right, so you can live it right like you should. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. Did you get some? Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. <laughs> Thought about saying a little bit more with that one. And, but uh, what I will do, though, as you stand up, why don't you go ahead and stand up. Um, in this verse, at verse 9 there, uh, the New Living Translation says that your strength comes from God's grace. The J.B. Phillips Translation says this, that it is good to depend on the grace of God for inward strength. The message translation says it this way, that the grace of Christ is the only good ground for life. In context, that whole thing, that's what he's dealing with. There is a way to live this. Amen. And the way you do it is with the grace of God. Amen. Let God empower you. Let God show you, praise God. Amen. Can, can you agree with that today? Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise and glory once again. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the gospel of grace. Hallelujah. The good news, the word of your grace, which is able to build us up and give us our rightful inheritance. That grace that allows us, praise God, to reign in life like we should, to succeed and be victorious in all things. That grace Praise God to live this right, walk this right, talk this right. Hallelujah. Run it right. That grace. Hallelujah. That divine influence upon our heart and its reflection in our life. And for that, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.